Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 159 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, The Raz, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and informative stories from the far reaches of the internet. Buck, did you try to get me a theme of stories this week, or was it just random happenstance? Because there, there seems to be a recurring theme here. I swear it was all just right off the top top of the heap, man. I, I didn't try to plan anything. Because it seems like most of our... our, our we, we, we've had a couple episodes entitled Crime and Punishment, and we had an, uh, a lot of those stories pop up this week as well. And in, in fairness, I did send some of them in, so, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But we're going we're gonna to start out by somebody who is their own worst enemy. Uh, this is coming from one of our favorite websites, WSBTV2 Atlanta. And Atlanta is... What are, you, are you okay? You okay there, buddy? Dude, all I was doing, I, I just didn't mute my fucking mic before I took a sip of this Coke. It was so deli- what is it's so delicious. It's so delicious. You and Coke. Are you, Coke is like, no, I, we're going to get a Pepsi sponsorship for this podcast. And it's going to be like, this is what Coke can do to your you do to your stream. This is what Coke can do to your recording. Because you, we have had so many miscues and mistakes because of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. <laughs> we, should, we should get them to sponsor us. Not Coke. I don't want you getting free Coke. No. Well, you know what? I mean, there. Oh, wow. Wow. You get Pepsi and you'll like it. Or Starbucks. Oh my gosh. I thought we were friends, man. <laughs> I drink Pepsi. Like, seriously. I, we're going to have a Pepsi versus Coke debate one day on here. Thank you very much. You know what? I actually saw a video on the Pepsi challenge, man. And you know what? People swear they could tell the fucking difference, but according to these people at this fucking survey, whatever, whatever, they were doing some grand thing. They were like, can people really tell the difference? Blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of everything, I basically just come to my own conclusion that this whole this whole YouTube thing that I saw was just a ploy by Pepsi to really blow the hype off of it because they're the ones who rang the challenge bell at the very beginning. They started the Pepsi challenge. They were like, ding, ding. We'll just see who likes whichever one better. And then you know what? At the end of everything, they fucking lost their own competition. You can absolutely taste the difference between Coke and Pepsi. Pepsi You're fucking right, you can. Pepsi has a much harsher um, carbonation to it than Coke does. Coke tastes more syrupy. Uh, I like Pepsi. That's just all there is to it. And I'm right, you're wrong, and that's that's, we're just going to move on. But we're going to go to... You know what? Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, even if it sucks. So go ahead and move on. So we're going to go to (laughs) Florida-adjacent. Uh, over here to Atlanta, Georgia, is a biker who tried to get away from GPS <laughs> identified. <laughs> biker who tried to get away from his GSP identified after he posted a video to TikTok and YouTube. I, made you, I imagine GSP means 
uh, Georgia State Police. <clears throat> it's, but the way it was, it looks like GPS and, you know, the dyslexia kicks in. And yes, I am. Di I'm not just making fun of dyslexic people or the I am dyslexic. That does happen. OK, so bear with me. This comes out of Clayton County, Georgia. The Clayton County Police Department has issued arrest warrants for a Riverdale motorcyclist after officers say he eluded police during a chase and then posted his exploits on social media. You got away, you dumbass. <laughs> the Georgia State Police began chasing the biker through Clayton and Henry counties, but said the driver was able to get away after they lost uh, contact with him. After hearing about the case, Lieutenant uh, Ramirez, uh, 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 yeah, Ramirez, let's go with that, with the Clayton County Police Department began searching, searching social media and eventually found video recording of the suspect of the chase on TikTok and YouTube. That's why you're a lieutenant, because <laughs> you knew to look for it. The video shows the driver waving, uh, weaving rather, in and out of traffic, driving along the shoulders of the road, as well as in between vehicles and speeding along the interstate. Until using investigative software, Ramirez was able to identify the make and model of the vehicle. Investigative software? Seriously? He paused the video. Dumbass. Don't try to make it sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you did good. You looked it up. Don't try to fucking hype yourself up saying, we use the state-of-the-art technology. <laughs> Come on. And and this crack investigative work that you talk about with him finding it on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, you know he found that while he was taking a shit after tacos, after, after tacos are served in the break room. Or, or, fucking, or somebody fucking know it. Or somebody fucking posted it on their Facebook page going, you dumb motherfuckers couldn't catch this guy. Yeah. Or, I don't see that. Like, you're, you're really glorifying. That's why you're a lieutenant because you knew to look. No, 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 no. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Fairness. Fair. Fair. <laughs> All right. All that, right. Move along. Move. He found that sitting on the shitter. We know. <laughs> uh, it turned out to be a rare sports bike. <laughs> From there, uh, Ramirez tracked down the other motorcycle using his registration. So you didn't even have to find the name. You ran the fucking tag, you jackass. That's how you found out what kind of bike it was. You liar! <laughs> On December 14th, GSP met with uh, Ramirez and then went to the driver's Riverdale home to conduct a knock and talk. I got some I got some thoughts on that. <laughs> While at home, they spoke with the driver, saw the motorcycle, and the driver ad uh, eventually admitted to fleeing from GSP. Clayton County Police said they issued 12 arrest warrants against the driver. No, you issued one warrant. You had 12 charges. Ugh... <sighs> Who has not been identified? It is unclear exactly what charges he faces. Well, it's public record there, uh, WSB-TV, so you could have done just a cursory search and got that. Uh, without the diligent efforts of Lieutenant Ramirez and his crapping on the toilet to go above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> come on! Okay, really? okay, who wrote this? Really? Who wrote this? Really? I want the, what, who's let me, the let me, name let me, of the... Let me, let, me, let me get to it. It is highly likely the offender would not have been identified and he could have continued to endanger the citizens of Clayton County, the police said in a Facebook post. They wrote their own fucking presser where they said that they went above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> they, they wrote their own presser, man. Oh my God. <laughs> Did they write that? Was that written by them? Yes! 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Without the diligent okay. efforts of Lieutenant Ramirez to go above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> Police said in a Facebook post. Yeah, what? What do, do do we have the name? Do we have the name of the person who actually wrote it, or is it just from the office of? Uh, it just says from the from the Clayton County Police Facebook page. Oh my gosh! Whoever runs that, Lieutenant Ramirez. <laughs> no. no, 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 no! I think this is nepotism. He knows somebody who's writing the article, and he's like, "All right." He's in the same fucking office. Of course he knows them. That's what I mean. But I mean, like, he knows a, them. So we got a, we got a lot he of... He knows so this guy's This guy is going to throw his shoulder out, patting his own back. You know? I mean, come on. Oh, my this is This is... We can't even get to the article. We can't even... I don't even remember... I don't even remember... What? What? Give me a thirty-second commercial about what was fucked up about the who's the social liability here? I think both. (laughs) I mean, because the guy was running, he was weaving in and out traffic, and I and I hate when people do that shit on sports bikes. Um, here's a newsflash, PD. Doesn't matter where you're at, anywhere in the country, hell, anywhere in the world. If you're in a car and they're on a crotch rocket, you ain't catching them. (laughs) That's nope. Just, that's Doesn't just matter reality. what you're driving either. That's just reality, son. You ain't catching them uh, unless it, you're unless you're in the pilot seat of a chopper. Exactly. You're only the only the only chance you have. And and here's another news flash, folks. Those helicopters, unless it just took off, unless it just took off, it is not going to have the fuel to keep up the entire chase with a motorcycle if it's got a full tank of gas. It's just not. It's, oh yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to break off at some point or another. Your best bet in any kind of the, a, a chase like this is to completely discontinue with cars immediately. Have that helicopter, if you have one available, monitor and hope the guy thinks he got away and stops. That's the only way you're gonna do it. If you just continue to chase and chase and chase, one, he's going to get away from you because you're not going to be able to keep up and go to the speeds and go to locations he can go. And the helicopter's going to run out of fuel. Or I just fly near a damn airport. You know, <laughs> I would just drive near an airport. You can't follow me there, bitch. <laughs> nope. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I just. What? This guy. The, the the guy he goes he does the crime gets the fuck away and then starts making videos and bragging about it like this is the perfect example like dude should have just took his fucking trophy and got away but no he wanted the topless chick at the after party too here's okay? the thing most people he wanted to glorify himself unless you were caught in the act most people they get caught for any crime. Doesn't matter what it is. Something's little shoplifting all the way up to, to 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 murder. They get caught because they open their mouth and they talk about it. If you keep your mouth shut and you don't talk about your crimes, you get away with it usually. Usually you get away with it. But the moment you start telling somebody, the moment you start bragging about it, that's when you get caught. And this guy decided, I'm not just going to tell people about it. I'm going to post the evidence online for everyone to find. 
And just for their convenience and prosecutorial pleasure, be able to download and show in court. <laughs> now, yeah. now, not yeah. only do they have dash cam, they have your cam, and I would edit that shit together so that it was a, like an action movie montage to show to the judge. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, this dude definitely is not a D.B. Cooper. Like, that. that is... <laughs> like... <laughs> they, you ended up on the social liability podcast. No, you should have retired to your own island, like DB Cooper did. I know he didn't steal that much money, but you know what? He was clever enough to get away with it. He probably invested it. You know, I saw an interesting TED. This is completely off topic, but I saw an interesting TED talk the other day where somebody was able to uh, use fiber analysis and and um mineral compositions that were found on some things to actually, this guy has a very compelling argument that he's able to identify who D.B. Cooper was, and it was very, very good. I, I encourage you to look that up, Buck. But, off, let's get on to our next subject, and we're going to stay with WSB-TV2 Atlanta. As a father and an 18-year-old daughter were arrested in a drug bust. This happened in Florida. Floyd County, Georgia. Police arrested a father and daughter Thursday night after officers found drugs in their possession. Okay, not a, not a, not a big thing here, but let's get going. Floyd County Police said that the Rome Floyd Drug Task Force performed a drug bust in, on Thursday in Rome. It is unclear where the information led the task force to execute the drug bust and where it occurred. Okay, so you don't have no information. <laughs> okay. When officers executed the search, they found 55 grams of cocaine and 64 grams of marijuana. I like how they're using grams in this case. You know, they're not using... Uh, well, that's because that's because well, 64 grams? Ooh, they had two ounces of marijuana. Two and a quarter ounces. Yeah, two and a quarter ounces of marijuana. Oh, those scales. Oh, Lordy, you know, Lordy. And then, and then same thing with the cocaine. Now, in fairness, like in fairness, it. that is a lot of cocaine. Yeah, but you <laughs> that, know what? That is, that is not recreational use. <laughs> now, the, You the, know what it is, though? 64 grams that's, of marijuana that's... is absolutely recreational. Yeah, but you know what? 55 grams of cocaine means that you brought enough for everybody in the class. Those are courteous addicts. They brought the party. I love, but they're they're using the bigger number. You know, instead of saying two and a half ounces of, of marijuana, we're gonna say sixty-four grams of marijuana. You know how much I know. You know, in the state of Oklahoma, you know how much marijuana you're allowed to have on your person. On your person, eight ounces. Three. You can have six in Great. your. You can have six in your home. So you're allowed to have six ounces in your home, and if you're going to go out on a little daytime excursion, you're allowed to take half of that with you. <laughs> yeah, you 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 are actually within the threshold of legality with 64 grams in, in your states. pocket, in wherever. And where? Well, I'm just, you know, like if you were to if you were to roll around and say downtown Tulsa with 64 grams of marijuana in your pocket. It'd just be Tuesday. <laughs> like, you know, and, and, you know, but see, this is, this is where media targets old people or people who can't do math. 
<laughs> that's that's the thing. If, 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 media loves to use the metric system when the numbers big. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't like. You know what? These people are just whatever, whatever, man. Shock therapy. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's 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 what it is. Um, let's see here. In the state of Georgia, I'm trying to find out how much stuff you can have in Georgia. Uh, None. No, no. They have medical marijuana cards in Georgia. Yes, they do, and they actually, and some, and they actually have. Um, recreational is not legal in Georgia, but medical is. Uh, I think they might only allow THC oil, though. I don't think they allow flour and edibles and stuff right. like that. They don't. They, they are very restrictive. I'm just. I'm trying to look this up on the fly, so. I didn't, I didn't well, do I have, I have fam- <laughs> well, no, I have family that lives down there. Okay. So, and I travel down there. Like, I was just in Georgia for a wedding. You know, I, I know what the laws are, and I broke them all down there. <laughs> well, you, I think you told me a story how you, you just sparked up right in front of a Georgia state police officer. <laughs> it wasn't a state police officer. Oh. He was just there. He was he was just a police officer there at the wedding in uniform. I don't know why he was there, but he was there, and yeah, he's just we we kind of like looked at each other for a second. We had a br- we we had a brief conversation about it, and uh, you know, <laughs> it was just it was it was. It, I'm not going to go into it, man, but it was, it, it's you, just going to be a great, re- it'll you, be a great retelling at Thanksgiving. If you think you can get this big ass 500 pound motorized wheelchair in your car, go for it, homie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we were laughing when we said it. We were laughing when we said it. It wasn't what, there were no threats. It's just that we both, we both knew what we were looking at. You know, it's just like, man. For those of you listening to the audio version of this podcast and have not um, not listened to previous episodes, you'll you'll be interested to know that uh, my co-host here in all of his uh, illustrious esteem is uh, confined to a wheelchair. Okay, let's just get that out there and say it so that people know that get the joke that we're talking about. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I use the word cripple regularly because I, it makes me chuckle. <laughs> and his desk is referred to as the cripple command station <laughs> it is okay which so, is yeah so a- authority said that 54 year old uh, glenn alexander was charged with possession of cocaine possession with intent to distribute and co- and trafficking cocaine which uh, you're gonna get him for the possession or getting him for the trafficking i mean you get him for one or the other not both in my opinion but uh, in addition to Glenn Alexander's arrest, officials say that his 18-year-old daughter, Armini Alexander, was charged with felony possession of marijuana, which I, I'm here to tell you, folks, as a former law enforcement officer and somebody who works in a state and municipality who ha- a, a, a municipality that has just sh- shy of 20 dispensaries in it. And it is a small municipality, let me tell you. Uh, we have we, we have more places to buy pot than we have to buy gas. Okay? <laughs> Probably gas and groceries combined. So, uh, 
two and a half ounces of pot is not much. Buck, I mean, you, you know this better than anybody that I can talk to. Uh, that's not a lot. <laughs> no. 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 Two and a half, like, for somebody who, like, really loves to just smoke weed to party, two and a half ounces is... Huh. It's like a that's like a long weekend for you, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, it would take me it would take me shit. An ounce lasts me six weeks. Really? So well, you, yeah. are, you are kind of oh, a lightweight. Yeah. You are kind of a lightweight. Well, and I'm at the mercy of the black market up here, man. I can't just run out my fucking door and you know, be like, hmm, what dispensary am I gonna go to today? It's like I still have to like check my fucking contacts list for for a dealer like like you know i gotta i gotta send text messages like hey do you know where my dog can get a haircut like that's our code like i gotta i gotta i gotta send like encrypted messages because it's legal recreationally here but you can't buy it <laughs> you know you I, know this, this thing's hilarious i'm looking at the article and there's not a whole lot to the to the the just, just to the verbiage that's put into the, the, the article itself. But when you look at the picture, and they show the picture of the father and daughter, which that's, that's one thing in and of itself. Why are you starting a criminal enterprise with your 18-year-old daughter? Probably not the greatest idea in the world. Um, but when they show the picture of the, uh, the drugs that they found, it's a small-ass baggie of weed. <laughs> and it's already... And, and then uh, two, little, uh, two little baggies of, uh, of Coke, which... I've got no, no, I've, I've, go ahead, throw the guy away for the Coke. Uh, the Coke's one thing. Marijuana, I, I, you know my feelings on that. Um, it's just, it's just stupid. <laughs> Especially when I, I fully expect before the end of, um, well, maybe not, maybe not now with the, the House Representatives composition being what it is. I was fully expecting um, marijuana to come off class, uh, schedule one. Uh, before the within the next two years, but that might not happen now. Uh, but we'll see. There's a lot of uh, Republican support for that as well, so it might still happen. Hopefully, yeah, I don't know. I'm bullshit. Wow, you kind of lost your connection there for a minute, Buck. But you're back, and that's all that matters. And so the next story, we're going to go to Yahoo News. Remember Yahoo? <laughs> oh yeah, that was a thing, right? <laughs> Yahoo! Yes. A search engine with commercials. <laughs> oh my god. This is coming from Yahoo I News. I definitely... Uh... L.A. County Sheriff's Deputy under investigation after sex act caught on hot mic. <laughs> Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department is investigating a deputy who allegedly engaged in a sex act during a break and broadcasted the tryst over the radio. <laughs> so... Yeah, we've both been in law enforcement. Uh, you and I worked together um, early in our careers when, in uh, the Department of Corrections, and there was some people that did some stupid stuff with that key, with that mic keyed up. <laughs> so much so that anytime someone would key, you'd hear an open mic, there'd be people running up and down the hallways trying to figure out who it was to tell them to get off it before they said something stupid. So people say stupid shit uh, all the time that should not be broadcast to the world. My favorite ones were uh, were grunts followed by flushes. Yes, <laughs> like you're sitting there, like you're sitting there in the hole. You're working in the hole, serving chow. 
And people are like, what's for lunch today? And then you have like this perfectly timed ah, flush. <laughs> and you're just like, there, there you have it, boys. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't have used words better. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely was crap food. Um, a short audio a recording first made public by TMZ captured part of an alleged encounter. In it, a woman laughs and says, you're going to rip my underwear. <laughs> a man replies and a beep uh, comment on police radios sounds. A source familiar with the investigation who requested anonymity to discuss the ongoing investigation said the woman's voice belongs to a rookie deputy assigned to the downtown jail complex that includes the men's central jail and that she rendezvoused with with her paramour in a parking structure during a break period. Why is this guy trying to make himself sound smarter than he is? You're a reporter for Yahoo News, dude. Sorry. Investigators are looking into whether the man is also a sheriff's department employee. Sex on the job is a serious, though not entirely uncommon, offense for law enforcement agencies. In the incident uh, presents newly elected Sheriff Robert Luna with an early and unwelcome chance to see the department's disciplinary system at work. Yes, that is a very, very accurate statement. That is an extremely accurate statement. It is incredibly yeah. accurate. Um, any, it's it's. I could go into the reasoning and the psychology behind it, but cops fuck cops all the time. They just do. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because we had this uh, when we when we worked together. Because I've worked in uh, corrections, probation, uh, other other kinds of law enforcement as well. Um, but when we worked in in corrections, you know, everyone had a radio. Everybody had a radio, and you would hear people going on perimeter and then people requesting breaks and no one being available. Well, there should be two of them out there because <laughs> they disappear. But then you'd have this, this one perimeter patrol. And if it was ever a male, because it's usually whoever did perimeter went by themselves, but occasionally you'd find out about a male and a female officer going on perimeter together. And that perimeter took longer than any other perimeter check in history because you knew what they were doing. It was just common knowledge. You know, it was just a common thing. Um, we're going to go search the laundry room. There's no cameras in there. <laughs> but there are mattresses and clean sheets. Exactly. And then you got the whole, how many marriages and relationships were wrecked because of people uh, hooking up after shift. You know, it was, it, it was so common. There is so much fucking going on in prison. It, it is ridiculous. Whether it's, Inmates and inmates, COs and COs, or COs and inmates. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it also happens on the street, you know. But with other departments I've been with, it happens every time a new female officer gets hired. Everyone's like, <laughs> it's like sharks with blood in the water, man. Yeah, they just, it start, is, they man. just start circling. <laughs> it's and you know there's there's badge bunnies out there that get their own badges <laughs> just just to, just to get get closer to the hunting grounds <laughs> oh. you know what oh man just oh. well if investigators the, find the deputy uh, violated uh, the agency's rules for conduct she could be suspended or fired the los angeles county sheriff's department is aware of a potential incident involving personnel possibly involved in inappropriate behavior the agency said in a statement the department is inquiring and investigating further. 
Can we stop that happy horse shit? Can we stop pretending like there's like this multi-week investigation going into this? You know what happened within a day. You know everything that you're going to learn within a day. Stop this nonsense of trying to say we're investigating. This is going to take some time for us to sort out. No, you're waiting until the media doesn't care anymore. Or you're just hoping people yeah. forget about it. So when you say, you know, eight hours of suspension, you know, that no one's going to kick up a fuss about it. That's, that's what you're doing here. So don't don't well, don't try thing, to tell me that this, well we're 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 conducting an internal audit or an internal investigation. Bull crap. We know what's going on. Stop. You're not fooling anybody. I'll tell you what, man. They're probably also waiting, like you said, for the media circus to die down to complete their investigation so that way they can dispense discipline. And what I mean by that is, is if they were to discipline this officer right now, with all the media attention that this is getting, that 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 person's fired. That's that's just the end of the they day. Should that's, be. that's how it has no, to they, go. They should be. And here's the thing. I'm paying you to do a job. I'm not paying you to go fuck somebody in the parking lot. Right. I understand that. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be, but you know with with department politics the way that they are, and especially if it's like a halfway decent employee on the job, they're going to want to keep her. So in order to preserve this person, they want to they want to let the media circus die down so that way they don't have to fire her. That way that way they can just be like, "All right, here's your slap on the wrist. Be smarter." And let's all just, you know, keep our head in the game. So what happens when there's a backup call uh, and uh, exactly. she doesn't have her pants on? No. Get rid of her. Well, I'm not saying they should keep her, you know. But I'm saying that that's probably what they are doing. Well, this particular unnamed deputy is not the first in the sheriff's department to be caught in, in the act on a hot mic. Earlier in the pandemic, a male deputy inside a closed university Universal Studios theme park transmitted the soundtrack of an <laughs> an amorous recording with a woman. The couple were reportedly near the set of Bates Motel from the film Psycho, according to TMZ. As the radio captured the moaning and panting sounds, a dispatcher tried to interrupt the pair to inform the deputy his mic was hot. 95 Ocean, you have an open mic. Take care of the mic. The dispatcher snapped in an angry tone when the sounds of the frolicking grew louder before suddenly cutting off. The deputy was relieved of duty, and the department moved to fire him in 2021 following an internal investigation, according to law enforcement sources. It is not known whether the deputy ultimately lost his job. I would say he didn't. The fact that you don't know means it, what didn't make, it didn't get uh, reported anywhere. Uh, my guess is they probably did move to fire him, and the union stepped in and said, "Oh no, you can't! You you never told him he couldn't fuck at the on the set of Bates Motel." Uh, in 2018, mm -hmm. George uh, Velagas, an assistant chief for the uh, Los Angeles Police Department and one of the chief Michael Moore's uh, closest advisors, retired suddenly after a department surveillance operation caught him engaging in conduct 
that sources say may have violated the department's policy against intimate relationships with lower-ranking officers. How many times have we seen that happen? Velagas left the a bar with a woman and got into a car with her, according to several sources. The undercover officers then witnessed the pair engaging in what appeared to be sexual activity. The officers, uh, I'm sorry, the officials requested anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss the case. So here's another big thing that needs to be noted in this. You know, um, cops typically will keep their mouth shut. Uh, they won't talk about these types of things unless there's two two things going on. Uh, one, you actually have somebody who is uh, has some moral turpitude to them and, and are righteous enough to try to uh, see change in a place that is completely falling apart, or or everything has gone to shit so bad they are hoping they can get rid of some of the slag or get some kind of governmental oversight into their department. That's the only time you're ever going to see cops snitching on cops. And the latter is a hell of a lot more common than the former. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I couldn't have put a finer point on that one, man. I mean, those, that's just a fact. Oh, geez, Buck. <laughs> you know, it is like, it's not even 8.30 yet, man. And I am, I'm, I'm already riled up. What the heck? <laughs> okay, this, oh, this, next, the next, this next story comes from the timesnownews.com. Man passes, and we're going to get away from cops for a second. <laughs> a man passes out while awaiting for his wife outside of Walmart, arrested after children found wandering in diapers. Ah, uh, this happened in Florida. A Florida man, and I love how they actually have that italicized and underlined in the story. A Florida man. <laughs> a Florida man was arrested for child neglect Wednesday after customers outside a Walmart store alerted 911 dispatchers of two young children wandering around the parking lot wearing just diapers. Deputies responded to the report in the uh, Deltona City of the of the U.S. found that the suspect identified as, oh my God, uh, Dejone, D-E-J-O-U-N-E. Dejone? I'm going to go with Dejone. Dejone Killingbeck, <laughs> 35, unconscious behind the wheel of a running car while he was supposed to be watching the toddlers two and three, according to the sheriff's office. They were half naked. Okay, I'm sorry. If you, th- if they're half naked. If it's a child in a diaper, it's a, chi- it's a toddler in a diaper. I don't know how many times my kid ran around in just a diaper. For two reasons. One, because we were exhausted. But more importantly than that, there, there comes a point in a toddler's life where they become allergic to clothes. And they will strip them off the moment they can. The moment you're not looking, that, everything's coming off. You're lucky if the diaper stays on. Just saying. They were half, yeah. they were half naked, a witness could be heard saying off camera in a body cam footage shared by the police. Get over yourselves. I'm not saying this isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying that the kids running around the parking lot was was something that shouldn't have been addressed. I'm just saying, don't hang your hat on the fact that it was a toddler in a diaper, okay? <laughs> Bystanders told you're police... Trying, that, yeah, you're just trying to fluff it up at that point in time. Right. Bystanders with, told police officers that the children were nearly struck by a vehicle in the rain before they uh, brought them in uh, into a shelter inside the store. Killing Beck was disoriented and initially appeared to be unaware of what was happening. 
A cut straw in his parkit was tested and revealed a presumptive positive result for the presence of oxycodone and fentanyl. The father of two can be seen passed up behind the wheel of the vehicle when deputies confronted him. Hey, wake up, the officers yelled. What are you doing? Where are your kids? You got some kids? <laughs> Killing Beck was charged with two counts of child neglect, possession of drug paraphernalia, tampering with evidence, and driving with a suspended license. He is in custody at the Valusa County uh, Branch Jail on a $16,000 bond. The kids were eventually reunited with their mother, who was shopping in the Walmart, because that sounded like it was probably a good idea. Um, I, I'm, I'm not... There's, there's got to be more to the story, because I'm kind of wondering where the tampering with evidence came from. Uh, every other charge is is perfectly fine. Uh, the child neglect, yep, gotcha. Possession of drug paraphernalia, he had the straw, gotcha again. But the tampering with evidence, I'm hoping there was more more to it. They also got him for driving on a suspended license, which if the vehicle was turned on and he was in a driver's seat, yep, they got him again. So um, I'm, I'm, there is body cam footage. I doubt it's the whole thing. I'd kind of like to watch it later and for my own personal amusement. Um. You know, I have my own hypothesis about the uh, tampering with evidence. Because he actually snorted the drugs and they can't get them anymore. <laughs> no, man. It's because after they brought the kids back to the car, he tried to put clothes on them. You know what? I would not be the least bit shocked. I'm not even, not even <laughs> fucking around. It's like, you know what? We, we we haven't gotten an, uh, an opportunity to properly document or record the information here, and you're already putting clothes on those kids. That's material, you know, obstruction and, you know, perjury of the Fifth uh, uh, Amendment, and, it's, you know, whatever. They're just making shit up, just tampering I, I, with evidence. I love when you try to speak on legal matters. <laughs> Well, that's why I just make it up, man. I just make it up, <laughs> and everybody knows I'm making it up because I be because I'm ridiculous about it. And it's, it's I'm I'm literally just talking to occupy space, and if I make it as incoherent and stupid sounding as possible, nobody will like. I'm not trying to be anything other than a duck you know, or a buck. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we actually um, like today. This particular podcast is being broadcast on my Twitch stream, which is twitch.tv uh, slash the underscore raspberry zero one. Yes, I know it's a long name, but I'm not telling you to go uh, follow it. But if you want to, please feel free. Uh, what I'm saying is we typically don't broadcast the video. There was a short time where we did upload like all of our episodes to YouTube. Um, we uh, we have gotten out of that habit. Uh, we had a, a good friend of the show suggest that we might want to do that again uh, after we did an interview with him. And uh, we may. Uh, that's why I'm kind of experimenting with Twitch again today. But, you know, we still uh, always do this with video because I'm located in the Midwest. Uh, Buck's located on the East Coast. And, you know, the, one of the things that really helps us do this podcast is we can see each other. You know, we're not just talking over a phone. We're we're actually able to see one another when we're talking. And a lot of times Buck will have to go off in like some weird tangent and everyone thinks it's one of the greatest parts of the podcast. When reality is that those tangents usually come from the fact that I have muted my microphone to, to either cough or take a drink of my coffee or something so it doesn't come to my mic and Buck's trying to fill the space. And that makes for the greatest content that we have. <laughs> So me shutting up and doesn't let Buck go on an incoherent ramble is some of the best content we could possibly have. So I should just shut up more often is what I'm getting from listeners. 
And I sit here quietly while you take a drink. So I was just taking a drink of coffee <laughs> and you didn't say a word. <laughs> I know. I did that on purpose. It's just, you know what? It's variety being the spice of life, man. You, you, you propped it. You, you fluffed it up to where the people were expecting it almost. Anybody who might see the video, you're going to get on that, on that nice little soapbox with all the great accolades and comments. Thank you, by the way. And then they're going to see you end it by taking a sip of your coffee and you will hear nothing but like a cricket fart. Buck is silent for a moment. And it's just for comedic effect. You know, it's just for comedic effect. Well, Buck, don't get butt hurt. We're going to take a quick break for a commercial. All right, Buck, we are back with part two of episode 159. And we're going to uh, Madeira Beach. As a Madeira Beach man impersonates an Air Force special agent at a smoke shop. We love Florida. We love Florida. A man accused of impersonating an Air Force special agent at a Madeira Beach smoke shop. According to the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office arrest report, Stephen Scott, 37, entered Higher Up Smoke Shop on December 10th. Gee, I wonder if that's a dispensary, Buck. Could be. With a gold badge hanging around his neck and asked shop employees for help with a Delta 8 product. Delta-8 is a legal form of THC, the most psychoreactive compound found in marijuana. It is commonly sold at smoke shops, CBD stores, and other establishments that are not permitted to sell medical marijuana in Florida. So, uh, Buck, do you have any experience with Delta-8? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have a Delta-8 vape pen in my bag right now as, like, my Hail Mary emergency oh, fuck, I'm out of weed, like, fail-safe. Because it is about as effective as, say, a donut tire would be on a fucking full-size vehicle. It is, it, yeah, yeah, you can, you can get high on it, and it'll make you fail a piss test. But it's like the Diet Coke of weed. It's, it's, you get high off of it, but it just feels different. And, and, uh, it's not, it, it's not for me. So, so somebody, it, so somebody that now uses, and I'm going to keep using the term, somebody who now uses medical marijuana, if they had never used actual marijuana, would Delta-8 be a good substitute for it, having never experienced actual THC? Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I think it would be, because it's... it's really light and the way that they sell it with those little vape because you can't like to my knowledge and i don't even if you could i don't know why you would grind up and smoke delta eight flower product but but for instance like with the vape pen like the one i've got you can you can like take the smallest little babyest you know puff off of it or you can hit that button and rock and roll. Like you can you can control it. Whereas whereas with something with fire and flower. God, that's a good band name. Fire, fire and, and flower. flower. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, we're gonna have to make Oh wow. Anyhow. Uh, but it would just it's more controllable and, and I guess more of a customizable Hey, hey, like first-time experience. Buck in uh, in Toronto, 
in Toronto, there is a sure. uh, there is a there is it's a chain of cannabis stores called Fire and Flower. <laughs> Man, you know what? Ah. Oh. Oh man, there's no good names left. There's no good names left. <laughs> hey, you know what though? I mean, that's why copyright laws are so convoluted and trademarks and shit like that. Because in today's world, for you to honestly be the first to come up with something clever, like you know, and I'm not talking about like a book or a novel or anything like that. I'm talking about like a cool little quippy name for a store. You know, Fire and Flower. Oh, yeah, it's a great band name. I'm the first one that... No, no, you're not. As a matter of fact, there's a head shop up in Toronto. Three of them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, if they stick with their five-year plan, they're going to be all over the motherfucking place. Like, you better get this band shit kicked up quick. Because Fire and Flower head shops is spreading fast. And now you're going to look like a copycat. <laughs> You know, that's it, it, it. You're you're not the first. Let's keep going. You're just not. Let's keep going. Deputy said that uh, Scott showed uh, shop workers a business card that said Stephen Scott, United States Air Force Office of Special Investigations. He allegedly handwrote "Special Agent" on the card and told employees he was a special agent. Uh, store management felt compelled to search inventory records because of Scott's words and actions, according to the arrest report. The sheriff's office reached out to the Office of Special Investigations and learned Scott was previously employed, but never held the title of special agent. His employment ended in 2016. Scott was arrested on December 30th and charged with falsely presenting and uh, 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 personating, not impersonating. It says falsely personating an officer of the law. <laughs> he remains in Pinellas County Jail on a $5,000 bond. Of all the things, and his mugshot, this dude's like a like a balding white dude, and he's giving the people's eyebrow. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but of all the things, no, dude. It, 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 this guy literally chose to impersonate that particular agency because he had a business card and instead of even like taping that thing to a piece of paper and running it through a printer to add the word "special agent." He literally wrote it in with a fucking pen. And why? It doesn't sound like he even needed to. He was just in there asking about Delta 8, which is a legal compound in most states. Some states actually have banned it, I believe, but I don't, I don't know that for certain without actually looking at it. But um, just <laughs> you, you, you committed a crime for no reason. <laughs> All right. Really? Really? You know what? He, 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 was, he got caught at the head shop but you know that man probably hit up three donut shops and got himself coffee and pastries for free that's true that's true i remember you know that mother when i was like 18 when i was like 18 years old i got a job as a security guard and i remember going into um i think it was a sunoco no, it was a seven. It was a Snoko and a Seven Eleven. The Seven Eleven. They're like, I went in to get a coffee before I was going in on my night shift, and they're and I went to pay for it. They go, No, no, you're good. I'm like, No, I'm I'm not a cop. I'm I'm a security. Like, you're in a uniform. You're good. Get. I'm like, All right. <laughs> it's 
So it's not, it's not as though you have to have like an elaborate backstory written to get, to get that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know what? I mean, people, people just people. Some people are just hardwired different, man. Like you got to look at that guy, and the, the, there's just something not right in that camp. Like that's that's the best way I can put it. You know, like some people are just wired. Their wiring's fucked up. Very true. You know? All right, our next story comes from WFLA.com, mm-hmm. which of course means there's a Florida man involved. <laughs> Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out! Here comes Florida man. Indeed, here comes Florida man as no charges, but no job after Pinellas County deputy found with nine whiskey bottles in his cruiser. A 32-year-old Pinellas County deputy was fired after he was found slumped over behind the wheel of an agency-issued cruiser last month quote, obviously drunk <laughs> with alcohol bottles littered, littered throughout the vehicle. <clears throat> According to the documents obtained by News Channel 8, 32-year-old Christopher Green had been with the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office since June of 2019, was found unconscious inside his marked cruiser at the intersection of West Brandon Boulevard and Kings Avenue in Hillsborough County on the evening of December 18th. After stopping at a red light, he fell unconscious. <laughs> Deputy Green remained stationary, documents stated. D- uh, documents show a full light cycle passed before traffic began to flow around the cruiser. Shortly after, a woman walked up to the passenger side of Green's cruiser where she found the deputy slumped over and asleep. She then called 911 and told dispatchers Green was passed out in his patrol car. <laughs> when a Hillsborough uh, County deputy... Patrolling the area arrived at the scene. Deputy Green came too. <laughs> it appeared that Deputy Green pre- prepared to put his cruiser into drive, but realized that H- HCSO cruiser was blocking him. Deputy Green exited his uh, PCSO cruiser and appeared normal. Authorities said that Green appeared as though he wanted to drive away and was uh, reluctant to step out, <laughs> telling the HCSO deputy, I'm fine. I don't think you are. Documents show authorities had not considered alcohol to be a factor in the incident and asked Green if he had a medical condition. Green replied that he had recently been diagnosed as diabetic. He was later transported to an area hospital for evaluation. Authorities say that he had, uh, they had planned to drive Green's cruiser back to his house, then found several alcoholic beverages inside the vehicle. Now, at the beginning of the article, they did say that uh, they found uh, a number of bottles. How many? Did, how many did they found? Nine? Nine, nine. Yeah, nine whiskey nine. bottles. Um, there is a picture of the bottles, and they're Jim Bean, uh, but they are actually um, like the airport, like the airline type bottles. They're like the little like one shot jobbies. So it, it, saying that it was nine bottles of whiskey in there is a little, 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 little up there. Authorities found an empty shooter whiskey bottle on the floorboard, a paper bag full of eight unopened whiskey bottles, which the deputy described as being so full he couldn't fold it closed. An open beer can in the cup holder inside of a koozie. (laughs) Holy shit. The beer was three quarters of the way empty. Although he was being watched by another deputy, Green managed to evade them. He left the hospital before DUI units could question him. 
He later told deputies he got a ride to his parents' house where he continued to drink. That was incredibly smart on his part. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it was, because now you can't charge him with a DUI. But, but if they had already drawn blood, he's still fucked. And I hope he is. I really do hope he is. Uh, although, I'm sorry, uh, he later told deputies he got a ride home to his parents. And he continued to drink. When deputies found him and asked him to submit a blood blood alcohol test, Green failed two times, providing a .234 and a .233, which I have to tell you is fucking... Whoa. That is fucking embalmed. Because it's nearly three times the legal limit in Florida. Based on the evidence, Green was fired from the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office on December 20th. He was not criminally charged. He should have been. He absolutely should have been. And But when I say it was incredibly mm-hmm. smart on his part. So what he did, and this is, this is actually because they, they, this is like a test case they, they teach law students. Um, and there's actually like episodes of uh, those law dramas that do this exact same thing because it's, it's such a famous case. Um, you get into a car accident. And then you immediately go to the bar that's like right on the same block and you start drinking because they can't prove that you were drunk while you're behind the wheel. Cause now I think, no, I wasn't in the car and I've been drinking afterwards and people have gotten out of DUIs. And that's, that appears to be what happens in this case. They probably could have pursued it more, especially if the hospital had drawn blood, but they, uh, they still could have criminally charged him, uh, for the open container. Uh, they absolutely could have, um, with that beer in the koozie, they, and they should have. They absolutely should have uh, charged him with an open container, if nothing else. Um, but at least he lost his job. Unfortunately, he's still a drunk, and he's probably going to continue doing what he's been doing, just in a not in a police car, at least. Yeah, and let's not uh, roll over the fact that even under supervision of, what, two different deputies... He evaded them? Bullshit. They let him go. You're fucking right they did. And I'll tell you what, if they really, if they want to shovel coal into that fire, oh, he got away from us, he got a, then how the fuck did that happen? Here, and why here's would, what. And why would we ever trust you? Why would we ever trust you to watch a criminal if you can't keep an eye on somebody who's not a criminal? No, he is a criminal, but let's. Um, well, I'm, uh, you know what let's, I mean. Let's let's be real, know, so- let's be realistic here, and I'm not going to say this is what did happen. I'm going to tell you this is most likely what happened. He didn't come up with that decision to run home and drink quickly. No, no, the officers there told him this is what you need to do, and they called his parents to come pick him up, or they let him do it. And they went to the bathroom or go talk to a nurse or something. And he walked out and went home and started drinking so they couldn't charge him with a DUI. That is what happened. I, I, I would put money on it. Can I prove it? Like, Hey, never, never be able to prove it in a million years, but that's what happened. Well, you know what? It's that's, that's the perfect fucking story, man. Think about it. It's just, Hey, we're going to get up and go talk to the nurses real quick. Once we do, the second you see our backs turned and out this door, get up, walk out. Nobody will stop you. Walk out. Just walk out and go to your mom and dad's. Go and start drinking. Yeah. Go. 
You know that's what happened. Man. I absolutely know you, that's you, what happened. Well, yeah, you called it. You called it, man. You're totally right. Anyway, this next story comes from Reuters. A former Colorado funeral home se- funeral home owner sentenced to 20 years for selling body parts. <laughs> on January 30, former Colorado uh, funeral home owner was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison on Tuesday for defrauding relatives of the dead by dissecting 560 corpses and selling the body parts without permission. Megan Hess, 46, pled guilty to fraud in July. She operated funeral homes Sunset Mesa and body parts and a body parts entity known as Donor Services from the same building in Montrose, Colorado. The 20-year-old term was the maximum allowed under law. Her 69-year-old mother, Shirley Couch, uh, also pled guilty to fraud and was sentenced to 15 years. Couch's uh, central role was chopping up the bodies. <laughs> oh, God. Hess and Crouch used their funeral home at times to essentially steal bodies and body parts using fraudulently forged donor forms, uh, prosecutor Tim Nuff said in a court filing. Hess and Couch's conduct caused immense emotional pain for the families and next of kin. Uh, the federal case was triggered by a 2016 through 2018 Reuters investigative series about the sale of body parts in the United States, a virtually unregulated industry. Former workers told Reuters that Hess and Couch conducted unauthorized dismemberments of bodies, and a few weeks after a 2018 story was published, the FBI raided the business. In their filing, prosecutors stressed that the uh, macabre nature of Hess's scheme and described it as one of the most significant body part cases in recent U.S. history. This is the most emotional case I've ever experienced on the bench, U.S. Judge Christine M. Uh, Argalow uh, said during Tuesday's sentencing in Grand Junction, Colorado. Uh, it's concerning that the court has this defendant has uh, refuses to assume any responsibility for her conduct. The judge ordered that Hess and Couch be sent to prison immediately. Hess's lawyer said she's been uh, unfairly vilified as a witch and a monster and a ghoul, and instead as a broken human being whose conduct can be attributed to a traumatic brain injury at 18 years of age. And in court on Tuesday, Hess declined to speak to the judge. Couch told the judge that she is sorry and took responsibility for her actions. 26 victims described the horror at discovering what had happened to their loved ones. I'm getting worked up, and not for why you might think uh, Tina Simmons' mother, who was dismembered against her will, told the court, I've worn many masks to cover the pain. I'll never be okay. It is illegal in the United States to sell organs such as hearts, kidneys, and tendons uh, for transplant. They must be donated. But selling body parts such as heads, arms, and spines, which is what Hess did, for use in research or education is not regulated by federal law. Hess committed crimes, prosecutor said. She was... Uh, when she defrauded relatives of the deceased by lying about the cremations and dissection of bodies and selling them without permission. The surgical tra- uh, training companies and other firms which bought the arms, legs, and heads and torsos from Hess did not know they were being fraudulently obtained. At her funeral home, Hess charged families up to $1,000 for cremations that never occurred. She offered uh, others free crema- uh, cremations in exchange for body donation. Prosecutor said she lied to more than 200 families who received cremated ashes from bins mixed with different uh, cadavers. Hmm. You're dead. Yep. You're dead. 
Hey, you, hey, <laughs> that is, dude. If if cremation ever became illegal, like in the most hypothetical world, where cremation is illegal, I do not want to be buried. I do not, and I'll tell you why. Okay, because I don't want anybody who may have ever had a problem coming up and pissing on my grave. Oh, I really I, I don't. have a list. I, re- I have a list, and <laughs> and so. My my next like my next go to for my own body's disposal after cremation, since it is now hypothetically illegal, is I'm going to donate, not even sell. I'm going to donate my body to whatever big film studio is on the top of the <laughs> top when I die. And I'm going to say in exchange for my body. Oh, no, we lost Buck. He froze up. He froze up. Oh no, we were going to hear what we are going to do. It was going to be horrible. I'm just going to switch over to just me for a minute. So I have a huge problem with um, cemeteries. I hate cemeteries. Not because they're creepy or anything like that. No, they're actually quite peaceful. What I have a problem with is you have this usually prime real estate that is completely and forever not be able to use for anything. Uh, In the town I live in, we have multiple cemeteries one of them is huge i mean absolutely huge and it is a huge drain on the finances for the town uh because you know you bought that plot back in 19 giggity two and now it is forever having to be maintained and you would not believe how many times you get a call from a relative of somebody who's Never even met this person. They just did some like genealogy research and found that, oh, great grandma, my children, you know, and they go out there and look at her gravestone and, oh, no, the gravestone, it's not being treated what I believe should be treated for a member of my family. And they'll call and complain. And it costs an obscene amount of money. And from the time the grass starts growing to it stops, we have to end up hiring temps uh, just to ma- help maintain uh, with weed whackers walking from one end of the thing to the other all day long, all day, every day. And it, cemeteries don't make money. They do when they first open for a short period. But then, like, what happens once you sell all the plots? Well, then you're stuck. Uh, where I used to live, where Buck and I used to live, there was a cemetery that that, that happened to. They, um, we lost Buck completely there. So we, uh, we would, um, I was talking about that cemetery. They ended up not having any more plots to sell, or they weren't selling them. So they sold the cemetery to a different company uh, that was hopefully going to do a better job of maintaining it. And the problem they ran into is they weren't selling plots either. So they weren't making any money, so they couldn't afford to keep uh, maintaining the grass. So then they just said, to hell with it. And the the city and the county and the state all stepped in. No, no, no. You have to take care of this. They're like, eh, fuck you. No, I'm not doing it. So who, who ends up doing it? And you'll never be able to exhume those bodies and do anything with them, even though they're rotted and gone. But we're never going to be able to do anything with them. So you have this prime real estate that can be used to make countless numbers of low-income housing. But no, instead of that, we have rotting, we have boxes of rotting meat in the ground. Do something with them. And I, I like what the what other countries do, like the Japanese, for example. Um, you know, they, they, you get cremated <laughs> and your ashes are put into a family vault 
And it's sometimes they're not even, it's only there for a couple of years or until a certain time it's released so that they can, your family can stop by and pay their respects. And a lot of times there's nothing in them at all, or it's a small amount. Um, it, it's just a lot more compact. And, you know, our, our whole concept here in, in this, in our culture of how we deal with death is just completely ludicrous in my opinion. Um, now, do I think she should have been dismembering the bodies and selling them? No. But, you know, 20 years in prison? Eh, it seems more like a civil matter. It really does. It seems like more like a civil matter to me where they, they um, uh, we, we have an issue with fraud. So instead of, hey, Buck's back. Instead of saying that you, we had an issue with this criminal, it, it, I don't see a, it, I'm, there's, there's laws on the books. Don't, don't misinterpret me saying that. There are laws on the books. But I don't think this should be treated as a, other than the fraud, that should be the criminal aspect of this, not the. It sounds. It, it, this is mostly a civil matter, in my opinion. Dude, welcome back, Buck. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. So you said you were starting to say what you were going to do with this with the film company after you. I'm going to give it to the film company with the provision that, and that's when we lost you. So you want to continue your story? Might... What the horrible thing we're going to do to you? Yeah, yeah. Like take my body. And fucking blow it to bits, and take take it that you can do whatever you want with me. I don't give a fuck. Okay, Hostel Seven, make the movie, but at the end of it, I want to be blown to fucking bits, and I want my name in the credit. I want that. To, that's it. <laughs> corpse number five. But... <laughs> no, no, not corpse number five. Most gruesome death on screen to date. That sounds like an Oscar fuck. nomination. Yeah, whatever. You know what? I mean, Pablo fucking uh, Van Gogh wasn't famous until after he died. I'm cool with that. Yeah, like, whatever, man. I'm, I'm, but that'll be my tombstone. You didn't hear a lot of what I went into, but you've heard my, my like vigor about how much I hate cemeteries before, so I'm sure you got it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure people are going to disagree with me, and you're allowed to. Culturally, we have a, an idea of what should be done after we die. I get that. I'm not going to change a culture overnight. I'm not even going to try to change it, to be honest. I just know what I'm going to imp uh, impart into my uh, children and myself. But, that being said, we have one more story, and this gets actually gets sent to us from Sadar. Uh, this is, an ins this is from Insider.com. A romance author, author returned to social media after faking her own death in an apparent book promotion ploy. <laughs> wow. In September of 2020, an aspiring author, Susan Meachin, uh, ranted on Facebook to roughly 1,300 followers. That's pretty low, by the way. Uh, about her frustration surrounding her career and literary industry at large, sharing that she previously attempted suicide and would be publishing her final book on October 30th. Weeks later, someone claiming to be Meachin's daughter said on Facebook that her mother had passed away. The post explained that the page would continue to serve as a promotional vehicle for her mother's work and memoriam, including uh, her final romance novel, Love to Last a Lifetime, available on Amazon for two ninety nine. <laughs> two fundraisers, wow. two fundraisers were subsequently shared on the Facebook page in order to support uh, suicide prevention, though neither appeared to have raised any money. The 
a, a further post in February of 2021 from someone claiming to be Meachin's daughter said that her mother's books were unpublished, would, would be unpublished unless uh, sales increased. But Tuesday, in a separate Facebook page created by Meachin, dubbed The Ward, the author made a stunning announcement. Meachin is alive and well! And said that they... <laughs> and argued that her family did what they thought was best for me by faking her death. Screenshots of the purported post from Meachin appeared to be uh, initially posted to Facebook uh, under a username, Samantha Cole, and subsequently circulated on Twitter uh, when they were reposted by the username uh, Dragger of Liars. I debated on how to do this a million times, and I'm still not sure this is whether this is right or not. Meachin wrote in her Facebook post, I almost died at my own hands, and they have to go through this hell again. She told members of the group that she was in a good place now, and I'm hoping to write again, uh, concluding that in a bizarre salutation, let the fun begin. <laughs> Before former colleagues and internet observers have reached uh, to the chain of events of apologetic post, I was horrified, stunned, livid, and felt like I had been kicked in the gut and the chest at the same time, wrote a woman named Samantha Cole, a fellow author and former acquaintance of Meachin's. In her post, Cole said that Meachin created another Facebook synonym, TN Steel, so she could continue posting amid the suicide hoax. In a DM exchange with Meachin on Tuesday, Cole questioned whether the author even had a daughter. Meachin insisted that she did, and she did come clean because I simply want my life back. When the TN Steel account belongs to a want-to-be author, wife, office manager, and all-around goofier <laughs> in Georgia, Meachin's Amazon bio said that she's a wife, mom, meme, and a friend who lives in southern Tennessee with her husband of 24 years, two cats, and four snakes. While outrage continued to run rampant on Twitter, some of the lie is less shocking and plainly painful. Today is the fourth anniversary of my brother's suicide, wrote a Twitter uh, user, relatively me, in response to the dragger of lies thread. I'd given everything I have for him to magically appear again. This is repugnant. Beechin did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Holy shit. Just, wow. So she fakes her own death and says, by the way, then she pretended to be her daughter and said, uh, if you don't, this is, we're, we're only going to publish this book if we get pre-orders. So go to Amazon and buy it for two ninety nine. dollars And oh then as God. soon as she finds out, as soon as she finds out that her, her, you know, master plan doesn't, you know, set her sales on fire. She's like, all right. Um, obviously, didn't go out with a bang like I hoped. However, everybody loves the story of the phoenix <laughs> rising I'm from the back. ashes. Let the from fun, the ashes. Let the fun begin. <laughs> uh, let me tell you the tales from when I was in the fires of hell. <laughs> from when I was uh, dead. From when I was dead. <laughs> There was a time yes. when I published my latest book before I became alive again, or undead, if you will. So now my macabre stories will be known throughout the lands of the time I spent in purgatory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Come on. <laughs> 
Come they on. spit from the devil's mouth, froth like foam. No. <laughs> we could probably nope. we could probably dictate a whole book here on the show. <laughs> you know what? I mean, like, come on, lady. Come on, come lady. On. Come on, lady. <laughs> what? What the? What? What are you? What are you even doing? I mean. <laughs> You're um you're making yourself look like a piece of crap. That's what you're doing. <laughs> like oh, because you are a piece of crap. <laughs> I wonder, you know, I just wish at at certain points in my life that certain aspects of math were possible, like having negative sales. <laughs> like, it's actually kind can't... of possible if you had to pay a listing fee and you didn't sell anything then it could oh yeah 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 yeah. well yeah 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 yeah. Mm, this is true this is true you spend more money putting the shit in the print than you do selling copies of it and you actually take a loss that's why that's why she was selling it digitally on amazon which by the way you don't actually have to you can self-publish to amazon by the way just just throw that out there yeah Mm, but she needed an editor I'm sure she edited it herself. <laughs> oh man, that you know what? Or maybe her daughter did it. <laughs> the only reason why I don't look this up and buy it just to just to see is because this lady sounds like she might actually need my two ninety nine. And I don't want to give it to her. I don't want to give it to her. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, like if you're gonna go to that skeefy level of shit, I I actually don't want to give you three dollars. I nope. just don't. Nope. Okay, folks, that's gonna bring us to an end of another episode of the Social Liability Podcast. Uh, you can always check us out each and every Saturday as we publish new episodes. You can also check us out on our other podcast known as the Subcockles of Reddit. That's one where Buck. Uh, uh, Buck hosts that particular show for us. And you can check us out on most platforms. Now, the Subcockles Reddit's on a few limited platforms as of right now, but the uh, Social Liability Podcast, make sure you like and subscribe to that. If you run across any stories you'd like to tell us about, please feel free to send them to us at socialliability at iCloud.com. And just remember that uh, it doesn't cost you anything. The only thing we ever ask you to pay is attention. We do it for love, folks. We do it for love. That being said, folks, I'm the Raz. He is the Buck. Wishing you all a happy and safe week. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast. 